change They want me to change But I ain't changing Nah I remain the same And you are now tuned into Another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio Brought to you by M3S3 Clothing Men make moves and suckers stand still And as always On the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerve DJ's Radio Network Yo, today um, It's special, special, special show um, Not only a phenomenal speaker Not only a, a phenomenal representative Of Minister Louis Farrakhan And the Nation of Islam But a, a friend of mine um, and I don't say that too often. I, I trust and believe that. Um, the, the, it doesn't get any better than student minister Troy Muhammad. And you can ask a gazillion people across the globe about his character, about who he is as a man and who he represents. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful representative of what a black man should be. What's good, King? How you doing? I'm doing just fine, great brother, man. It's always wonderful to see you and always wonderful to communicate with you. You are my brother and my friend, man, and I'm honored to be on your show this evening. Yo, man, I'm telling you, man, it's, yo, you, you, you just, uh, you know, my language is not the best, so I do apologize for anybody listening. I try to be on my best behavior, but you are a phenomenal individual, bro. You really are. Man, it takes it takes one to know one. Oh, come on, man. I'm just a fat <laughs> dude in my basement, man. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. This world, brother, when you recognize decent people, man, you hold on to those people. And since the day I met you, brother, I felt your sincerity. I saw your honesty and your truth. And, man, we've been friends ever since, man. And that was maybe seven, eight years ago when we first met. Yo, it's been a minute. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, it's been a minute. Yo, and, and you came down, what was that? Last month you came down? Yes, sir. Uh, er, yeah, last, well, today is uh, the 31st, so it was this month. Definitely. Okay, yeah, earlier this month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually, like, r- religious-wise, I go into any place of worship and I listen to somebody speak, and in my mind I'm questioning things. Mm-hmm. You're one of the few people that, that I, I listen to, and I just listen. And I just enjoy the message. Um, it just, it just, I don't, I don't know what it is, bruh. It, it, it is just you. It is, it is, you know, your ability to adapt. Mm. Um, and, and just your, you just know how to connect with people, bruh. And to see you like in action, just with regular people, with other people, with whomever you don't change. You are who you are. Um, and man, I'm telling you, it's just as a black man, I am so proud of you. Man, but I, you know, I guess that comes from, uh, you know, you, I look back on the stuff now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up, uh, my grandparents raised me. Uh, so, you know, that brought me a different level of, of love, definitely. You know, um, it brought me uh, into certain areas that I wouldn't normally have been in. Uh, as far as meeting people and, you know, I, we were initially living in an all white neighborhood in Detroit, uh, that slowly turned black mm-hmm. and, you know, we never left and we stayed. So, you know, you learn that side and this side, then I end up, uh, in the streets for no reason. It's not like I was struggling or anything like that, but it was just, you know, a learning to me, but, you know, before then I was shot nine times and I end up in prison for some, uh, a crime, uh, stay there for 13 years. And that was another experience. So you're meeting all different types of people on different levels, man. And it, it, it all sharpened me, uh, for what I'm doing today, uh, based upon, you know, my representation of the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan, who, you know, his teaching and his way helped fine tune some of the things that I experienced, man. So it's, it's a blessing and it feels great, man, to be able to talk to our people no matter where they're at, you know, and, and, and try to bring them something of value about themselves. Cause that's what it's all about. You know, talking to a person about themselves, how do you uh, improve self and how beautiful you actually are, how great you actually are, man. And when people hear that, it's usually the opposite of what they've been hearing all their lives, man. So, yeah. 
praise be to Allah, and I'm thankful to be in a position to do that. Um, Savior's Day. Savior's Day, definitely, man. Talk to me about what, what Savior's Day is to those people that don't know. Well, Savior's Day is a celebration of the birth of the founder of the Nation of Islam, who is right behind me on this photo, you know, Master Fard Muhammad, you know. And we have this annual event where the Nation of Islam gathers. And, you know, it's what we call it now is the crowning event of Black History Month, because it's an event where the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives a keynote lecture, you know, and usually the lecture that he gives uh, is the the food that we operate off of for the rest of the year. Mm. You know, it's a wonderful thing, but it starts off on a Friday uh, with different workshops that the people can attend, a uh, different workshop dealing with the different issues that our people face. You might have a workshop dealing with prison. You might have workshop dealing with uh, male female relations. You might have a uh, relationship dealing with education and you know, all the issues that we face daily as a people throughout the United States and throughout the world of uh, farming and, you know, how to eat to live and all of these great workshops that help benefit those who would come in and sit and listen, you know, and then at the end of the week, that's when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives the keynote address, uh, which is the most important part of the weekend. Um, you know, just consider the last time he was here, the address he gave was in 2020 mm. and it was titled the unraveling of a great nation. So he gave this lecture in February of 2020, the unraveling of a great nation. And right after that lecture, you saw COVID-19 hit. You saw businesses closed down, work closed down, everything closed down. Then you had the George Floyd riots taking place all over the country. Then you had the White House attacked by its own people, you know, uh, you know, Congress attacked and, you know, the things that were going on. So you started to see the unraveling that he talked about in that lecture. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the timeline of it, you will see that none of that was taking place before that lecture. So that unraveling of a great nation was a great word that would have uh, equipped us to deal with what was coming if we would have taken heed to that word. And on a personal note, that was uh that was the first time I'd ever been to Savior's Day. Mm. Um and I remember like uh my best friend of decades mm -hmm. uh is an attorney. Mm. And like, his partner had gotten tickets, and I'm like, dude. And I was so heated, I was so angry at him because mm. he didn't offer me a ticket. Yes, sir. And I went off on him. I had, you know, and we end up going. And that was unbeknownst to me at that time. That was the absolute highlight of my year. Praise be to Allah. I lost both my parents that year. Mm. I ended up having my heart surgery that year. Mm -hmm. It was the absolute worst year of my life, except mm. for that day. Mm. Well, you still here, brother. And I'm still here for a reason. And you're the result of those two parents. And you faced that uh, health condition and overcame that. So it, it just it's, it's a validation, man. Every morning we wake up, it's a validation that we're supposed to be here because this stuff just don't happen, man. You know, everything is too perfect for this to be happenstance. Dear brother, you know, what I mean, you don't you know, you look at a, a, a leaf on a tree and it looks nice, but the leaf helps purify the air that we might breathe. You know, the sun that we see every day, it has a role in, in helping to produce life on the planet, man. You know, you wake up every morning. You don't have to give too much thought to your lungs operating properly, to your digestive system operating properly. You know, what I mean, so everything is just too perfect, man not for it to be a divine creator over it all. And if that's true, and it is, man, you're here for a reason. You've been validated, brother, and you overcame those things. And sometimes, you know, it hurts to lose somebody we love. It hurts to lose a parent, man. man. But you're, you're, their, uh, you're their vehicle into the future. 
So you're the result of them. So mm. now it's time for you to justify your existence. Because like the, the, the minister talks about father, the word father being similar to the word further. Because the father's job is to uh, further the development of his children. So your role now is to go further than your parents, man. And uh, you're here. You you can do it if you haven't already done it. And you can do a lot more, man. So, you know, I love what you're doing now by getting messages out to people and, 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 and sharing inspirational stories. You know, the work that you're doing now and you've been doing for years, you know, it, it unlocks many people's minds, man. And it motivates many people to hear some of the stories that you are able to share uh, across these airwaves. Man, if you don't stop it, man. I'm... <laughs> you know what, yo, I, I, I will say, man, you, you, you know how to make a brother feel like, like, like a king. Brother, you a god, brother. Oh my man, god. <laughs> the, the, the Bible says ye are all God's children of the Most High God. You know, the Bible says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You know, I learned. Uh, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he said every he said he said to me one day he said, "Brother Troy, if you look deep enough, you can even see God in your enemies." And what he was sharing to me is the way that he views people, mm. where he looks beyond the flaws, beyond the failures, mm. and he sees the greater potential in the person, the God that's there, man. And based upon, you know, the work that you're doing, you know, I can't help but see glimpses of God over there. Oh, man. Let me so ask, let me ask yes, you this. Sir. The first time you met the minister, mm -hmm. what was that like? Man, I was I was so nervous, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> because, you know, I, I learned about him while I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw him on the Donahue show and then I just started studying his teachings. And then one day, you know, we were blessed to uh, go to his home after a service in Chicago. And I actually wasn't on the invite list. Uh, my minister, who I was assisting, Minister Rasul Muhammad, took me along with him. And he asked, could I come in? And, you know, I was like, man, you don't have to, you know beg to get me in there brother i I'm, i feel good that i know you but he continued to press and because he said he wanted the minister to see me and to feel for me what he felt mm -hmm. so um i'm at the door and then uh, one of the guards came to the door and said welcome to the home of the honorable minister louis farrakhan and mother khadija at that point my heart stopped but i went in and because i was the last person in you know, I had a seat that was right almost next to him, you know, mm. and I felt like, man, every time he would look in my direction, I, I think I was disappearing, man. I was just so in awe. Um, but over the years, man, you it's it's almost like being with your father, your grandfather, but the, the type of father that wants more for you than you want for yourself, mm. you know, the type of father who, you know, even if he chastises you, it's all love there. You know, the type of father that, you know, his correctness and his, the way that he carries himself is something that you can look at and just be totally proud of. So now, you know, uh, of course, I'm always a bit nervous in his presence, but it's just, it's just always a profound experience, man. I've never seen talk frivolous. Um, even when he's telling jokes, it's knowledge tied to the joke. Um, but he's always a man who is uplifting and inspiring, man. And I'm just honored any time that I could be uh, in the room that he's in. You know, from the sidelines, I, I have noticed growth in you as a student minister. And right. as this is me not not going, you know, not being in the city and not being at the mosque every every Sunday at 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, but I have noticed, you know, I've, I've, I've been blessed enough to, to see you speak a few times over the mm. years. And I've noticed just a, 
the, the, the last time was it was it, it's a different calmness about you mm-hmm. it's a right. different different comfort about you mm-hmm. right what's, what's been your biggest lesson as as the student minister of mosque number one as far as how you deliver your message oh man i think uh you know i think definitely feeling the room uh, understanding that, you know, you know, we're all in a bad condition, brother. Yeah. You know, none is greater than the other. None is more righteous than the other. You know, the scripture says that our righteousness is as filthy rags with the Lord. You know what I mean? And just to be able to be comfortable and talk to people where they are, you know, not trying to knowledge people up, you know, just dropping a big weight. You know what I mean? And, you you know, a lot of brothers drop these uh, deep lectures and they so deep that you miss the people, man. You know, and I think that uh, I remember Minister Rasul used to say to me, he said, the people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Mm. So I think that, you know, you lead with love and you lead with concern of people. And I think that uh, makes the speaker or the person that's offering uh, more uh, acceptable, you know, because you can feel it. So I think I've grown in that aspect. And I've also grown from life experiences. You know, all lessons don't come from a book. Man. You can walk outside your house and you can see a, a million lessons, man, just looking out your front door. You can reflect on your life and come up with a million lessons uh, that's been learned or your, your brother's life, your sister's life, your mother's life. I mean, everything ain't in a book, man. I mean, before these books came, you know, the original man and original woman were here. You know, how did we live? What did we base our decisions off of? So, I mean, it, that's part of the growth process, man. I think that it's just taking the time and learning. And, and I think the main thing is to understand that we're all uh, in in the mud of this civilization. And I can't judge you based upon where you are or where I am. I have to understand that we're all, you know, it was a, a interesting thing. It was a Dave Chappelle comedy show. Mm-hmm. And I forget which title it was, but he was talking about his interaction with a, a transgender uh, uh, comedian. Mm-hmm who he gave uh, the opportunity to open up for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, he said the transgender comedian came on, kind of bombed, and then he came up and he was joking. And, but the transgender uh, person was sitting in the audience and watching his show and laughing and laughing. And then Dave said, you know, I came to a point where I said, I just don't understand transgender people. Mm -hmm. And the, a transgender person said to him, I don't need you to understand me. I just need you to understand that I'm a human being going through a human experience. Mm -hmm. To me, that defined a lot of stuff in my mind. Okay. Everybody's going through a human experience. Every, you know, nobody was given a manual on how to live this thing. Nobody was given a manual on what to do next. You know, it's kind of like we, you know, the first day of school, you go to the school and you kind (laughs) of follow the other students. Yeah. You know, when the bell rings, you go, you know, that's how life has been. Not saying that the Bible isn't the book of guidance or the Quran isn't the book of guidance or, you know, the religious material you might read might have guidance in it, but we don't know. So it's like we're feeling our way through the society, man. Mm. So I can't condemn you because you're not doing it the way that I do it or seeing it the way I see it. You've been shaped by your experiences. There was a young man here in Detroit years ago. Uh, He was going to school every day. And then they found out, you know, they they had some questions because he looked like he hadn't been eating. Mm -hmm. When they did some research into his family life, they found out that every day he came home from school, his father put him inside of a cage. Damn. You can look it up in the news story. This guy was coming home every day, getting in a cage 
and being placed in the area at their apartment where you store like your dog stuff and, and things like that. And this was every day of this young man's life. Now just imagine how that affects him later on. You know, a sister in Detroit, she had one of her children that she had murdered in the freezer, the deep freezer. You know, how does that affect her other children? How would they act later on in life? You know, or if you grew up in a home where abuse was present, how does that affect you later on in life? So I'm not in a position to judge you. I have to understand each of us go through our experiences, man. And, 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 and we hope that we can help each other get through those experiences. So we have some level of sanity, man. But most of the people that we see, man, they're just trying to figure it out, man. I, you, I, you can't tell me you don't go home sometime and be like, oh, my goodness, this person was a, this, this person was an asshole. You may not say it that way, but <laughs> like, just, come on, man. Those people, I mean, it's, that's the truth. I mean, that's an actual fact. But, you know, you got to understand, you know, I, I was I was working at a place and the brother who was the supervisor, this guy was just horrible, man. He was just a, he was to everybody, man. And I looked at him and I can see in his appearance that maybe he wasn't the guy that people looked at as a young man. Maybe he wasn't the person that, you know, everybody picked first when we were playing sports in the mm -hmm. street, you know. And now that he has a position of authority, you know, he's feeling a bit stronger about himself. So, yeah. But it doesn't make him bad. It just says, man, you his experience was bold, man. I had a, a I had a cousin, two cousins, man. You know, I told you my grandparents raised me and I was the only child at the time. So I was like spoiled, brother. And but I had two cousins whose mother, she had a lock on a refrigerator, man. You know? <laughs> You know, they were both heavy dudes, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, both of them right now are pretty stingy guys. And I can see how I can pass experience, man. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yo, it just, uh, people, like, like, People would have to really see you just just how you how you maneuver. Like you're like you're a huge dude. Huge dude. <laughs> which which would, you know, in in most circumstances is intimidating to people without them knowing who you are. Yes, sir. But I've never seen anybody shrink in your presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a testament to the energy that you give. Yes, sir. Well, praise be to Allah that um, you don't want people to shrink in your presence, right? You want them to be the best that they can be. No, you that's know? you, bro, because some um, people I want to shrink in my presence. I'm sorry, I'm petty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was told a story about uh, a meeting of uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan with uh, Suge Knight. And I was told that Suge Knight had a cigar, mm -hmm. which he's known for. And the brothers asked the minister that they want him to have Suge Knight put the cigar out. And the minister said, you know, no, because I want him to feel like, you know, he doesn't have to change in my presence. I want him to be himself. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that that is how we have to you know, you've been with me. We've gone to concerts and things like that. We, uh, the one time when we sat with a uh, great rapper, Brother Scarface, and um, just sitting with him. And if you remember, he was smoking a cigar. But it was beautiful to be able to sit down with this uh, hip-hop icon and exchange. And his request was to... Um, you know, he asked me to come back and sit with him. He asked some questions, you know, about the community that he wanted to discuss. 
But, you know, if I would have said, brother, you got to put the sticker out for me to sit with you or all that stuff, man, that's crazy, you know? And it it's turned into a beautiful relationship. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, one brother told me I was, I'm, I'm a big human being with a soft voice, you know, so the soft <laughs> voice helps uh, people accept the size, you know? So, you know, praise be to Allah, man. I, I pray that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, people can see me uh, as one who loves human beings, especially uh, the black man and black woman. Brother. Oh, man. Um, what, what is your vision for mosque number one going forward? Well, it lines up with the vision of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, man. He wants us to, to, to be in this community and help people uh, free themselves up, you know, to become really free to become really, you know, to stand up. You know, that's the that's the job of the mosque. The mosque is supposed to be a light in whatever community it's in because we have a word of light and life. You know, it's the light and life that we admire in Muhammad Ali, who was a member of the Nation of Islam, given the name Muhammad Ali by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. It's the light and life we admire in the life of Malcolm X, you know, a man who was in prison, Detroit Red, went to prison, and then he found a light in a teaching that elevated him and lifted him and made him a fighter for black people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the light that we see in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's the type of light that we're supposed to pass on to all of our people. It's not just relegated to them. It's not supposed to just be one Malcolm X or one Minister Farrakhan, one Muhammad Ali. But the teaching allows everybody access to the word so that they can accept the word and they can become the Malcolm X. They can become the Minister Farrakhan. They can become the Ali because the word is open to everybody. It's like the sun, man. The sun shines on us all. And all we have to do is grab that light. So the mosque is supposed to be the light in the community. So mosque number one, what I'm trying to do now, of course, number one is follow the objectives of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, follow what the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad has given us. That's the base of what we're to do. And then he says the mosque should be the springboard of our activities. So our role is to go out to the community, man, expand our territory. Mm -hmm. So if the mosque is on Seven Mile and Evergreen, then we start buying property in the area. We start opening business in the area. Then we set up so we can make an example area that other people can look at and say, man, look at the Muslims over there. Look how they're doing things. Mm -hmm. And then people have an example at least that they can look at and follow in the future. So yeah. we, so we do everything. over there too. Yeah, we do everything that we can. We you know, we teach in the juvenile facility, uh, helping our young men and young women get through some of the problems that they're going through. We teach in the schools. We help in the schools. Uh, and we, we go throughout our community, man, trying to spread a positive word of uplift. So I talked to Royce. Uh, I don't know. I think it was it was early this month. Yes, sir. And one of the things, you know, like like Detroit over the last few years have sort of kind of had a a happy medium uh I, even, I don't even know if happy is the correct word but at least a neutrality amongst the rappers that ain't always you know a perfect union to put mm -hmm. it lightly um and we were discussing things that that could possibly be done to kind of get everybody on the same page now some things they've worked out on their own um, and I think there are some people that maybe uh, need that disharmony for personal benefit. Mm -hmm. But I think you would be the one person that would be able to get everybody in a room and on one accord. Is that something that we can do? Well, some, something definitely that we can work on doing. Um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has had, a, a, I think, two hip hop summits here. Mm -hmm. And trying to organize something uh, during the Savior's Day week, actually. Okay. 
uh, concerning our hip hop artists in Detroit. Um, not a not a, a reconciliation, but you know, just bringing everybody together. Um, you know, I know most of the artists in Detroit, and you know, I don't see the beefs. You know uh, that that people claim. You know, yeah. I see the attitudes that people claim. Um, every artist that I've met from the city of Detroit, man, from the newer rappers, the skillabies, and you know, the uh, band life, and you know, people like this, and the cash dials, all of them are beautiful, intelligent, great young men and women, man. And they want to do good for their community, man. You know, my uh, approach with all of them, which I learned from the Honorable Minister Louis Farquhar, I don't ask them for anything, man. Mm -hmm. I always offer assistance. And then they'll call me and say, Minister Troy, we want, what can I do for Christmas? for the community? What can I do for Thanksgiving? What can I do? You know, and then we'll come up with things that they can do. And I always ask them, I need you to be present. I don't want you to just give money. I need you to be present so you can see uh, what your money can do. And all of them, man, I've never had any say no. You know, I've dealt with uh, brother Royce, who was a great brother, and he's never said no to the community. I dealt with, you know, we're, we're seeing this issue back and forth, a little back and forth between Royce and uh, our brother Dogface. And Dog, Dogface is a great brother who does a lot in the community, who's trying to do stuff for our younger hip hop artists as well. Mm -hmm. so I don't see, you know, really beef in the point of people trying to hurt one another. I think people have different uh, objectives and ways that they think things could get done. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, I think eventually we can bring everybody together because Detroit music actually is kind of shaping the sound that's out there now. Yeah. A lot of talented brothers and sisters. I mean, everywhere, actually. You know, so the idea more so should be us trying to create our own system uh, where, you know, the they have their own distribution through us. Absolutely. You know, and they're doing it themselves man i've seen some of our young men and women uh touring on their own and doing their own thing and making good money doing it man so they're very intelligent man and i'm inspired by uh the younger artists as well as the older artists in the city of detroit the the royces the awesome dre's you know great guys like that you know uh brother you know uh the younger the skiller babies um you know payroll you know, these guys, they phenomenal uh, and doing some great things. Cashed out, great things. Okay, on, on a personal level, man, can we talk about your text message responses? Tell me about them. You're horrible, bro. <laughs> You're horrible, man. I love you to death, man. <laughs> Everybody says that, man. And I apologize for that, man. But it's just, man, I don't know. I got, I'll get better, I promise, man. You know, um, you're so good at doing everything that we expect everything from you. And I mean, but, you know, people don't a lot of people don't know, man, I got like three jobs outside of just doing this, you know, three actual jobs, man. So <laughs> I'm 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 constantly working, man, uh, and just trying to do some things. And I mean, the good thing about that is that all the jobs line up with what I what I'm what I'm doing right now, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, helping people, developing people, you know, uh, I got work programs uh, that I supervise uh, for the Michigan Rehabilitative Services. Uh, I work for, uh, you know, the Ethica uh, music piece, you know, so we're, we're doing a lot of different things, man. How, how is Ethica going so far? Uh, Ethica is working on some things, man. I, uh, I'm blessed to uh be able to communicate with the owner uh was matt cook uh and he has ideas man some great ideas and i you know i would love to see those ideas coming to fruition you know so they're working things out and trying to 
uh, work it out as they go along. You know, okay. he's trying to create something that's the total opposite of what's present. He's trying to invest in the underdogs. He's trying to invest in those who don't have the deal. You know, he's trying to give the average guy who can rap, who can sing mm-hmm. deal, you know, and he's facing his challenges and trying to do that. But, you know, I, I believe he's sincere in what he's doing. Uh, you got some great, talented young people that I've met uh, in that company. Uh, OG Crispy K and some of the others, man, Pay Mozzie and Gucci Lando. Uh, they got some great talents there, man. And, and I, I hope to see it all uh, unfold in the way that he wants it. I got a chance to talk to Gucci uh, for a few minutes um, at the at the freeway show. Yeah. Um, I, I, Gucci, where you at, bro? I need you to come come on for a, a full a full interview, man. The, the young brother was just I, I was thoroughly impressed by by his poise mm-hmm. and he was just wise beyond his years he really left a, a, a phenomenal uh impression on me so shout out to him and shout out to you for recognizing that in him yeah i, I call him as soon as i hang up and tell him you're looking for him yeah man because he's been doing me dirty man i'm putting got, you got... out there gucci <laughs> <laughs> Optimistic. Uh, what have you seen? You know, I, I've seen a lot of people, especially with the Lions' success this year. Uh, okay. Shout out to the Lions. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of you know mainstream media kind of divvy out six. You know the 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 reason for Detroit's resurgence um, from a grassroots perspective. What are you seeing that's giving you hope for the future of Detroit? Well, I mean, I don't think we're, I wouldn't agree with the term resurgence. I don't think that's happened yet. Okay. Um, I think it's more of the same thing where the downtown area is being rebuilt. But the outer areas, the neighborhoods are still being neglected. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that... um, of course, I mean, you're thankful for that because the downtown area has been transformed. It's a beautiful environment to go into. You know, I was there maybe a couple months ago. I had a meeting down there and I had to park a bit far from where we were meeting. So I walked and I was like just amazed at the stuff I was seeing, man. They had rehab alleys, man. They made alleys look <laughs> like, man, it looked like magnificent and i was i was like i was applauding that effort but i'm like man you're not doing it in the hood man we still got these burned down houses and broken down this and broken down that or bus stops with nowhere for people to sit and the school system is down you know you know so when you're when you're around and you're seeing the entire picture instead of just that that section Mm -hmm. you 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 can't claim or you would be kind of false to say resurgence okay talk about you know they were just applauding like 240 you know we only had 248 murders that's nothing to applaud you know what i mean that's like you sound like a fool man this the lowest amount of murders we had in 30 years but it's, it's still 248 families man yeah that have been touched 240 some lives that have been lost man you don't celebrate that and those are the the narratives that i i just really disagree with and i don't like man and um you know i think that with honesty we could really turn some corners but you don't see honesty in these systems any longer i'm sure it's the same thing in ohio you don't see honesty in leadership so you can't really work to make change if it's no truth there if, if it's no honesty there you know if you look at a broken down school system man that's crazy because the the children are damaged before they even get a chance to start now i will say that there's no honesty definitely at the top mm-hmm. but there's no honesty at the bottom either oh that's true too because I mean, we, we got a lot of parents out here that refuse to acknowledge that they themselves are the problem. 
it's I mean it's it's across the board, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's it's you know for me and I won't talk too much about this because I know the minister will be addressing it <laughs> at Savior's Day. Okay. But for a country to give billions of dollars to Israel, you know, and not give to the the cities that are dying, man, you know, that, that sh- that's a question, right? Yeah. You know, to help some of those parents who may need the help. You know, it's not like uh, when we came up, brother, you know, and it's, you know, uh, social media can be a gift and a curse. Facts. You know, teachers aren't the same as they were when we were young. I went to a school and they asked me to come over to help in their security. They wanted me to see it so I can bring some of the FOI to help bring some order. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the school, I walked through, the floors were dirty. The floors of the school was dirty. The person who was running the cafeteria, I went in and they introduced me. She had food on the side of her face. Mm. I'm walking through the hallway, the security guard dressed like the students. Mm. The teachers dressed like the students. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of issues right yeah that can be that can help turn some corners man yeah that are not being addressed so you know it's a bigger problem you can't just point to say okay well it's the politicians of course it's not just the politicians like you're saying parents have a responsibility um organizations like this mosque has a community responsibility the church has a responsibility the schools, everybody is in, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a resurgence can't take place unless everybody's on board, right? Doing mm-hmm. at least their part. Not that everybody got to be in a room working together. Yeah. But, you know, everybody has to at least be responsible for their own yard, right? Cut your grass, you know, mow your lawn, shovel your snow. And if we can start right there, then that's the beginning. You know, I'm in, uh, like, I, w- I went to high school with Henry Ford right down the street from the mosque. Okay, we, we go down there and teach a lot. You know, we we down there. They've got a, uh, you know, and I'm in the uh, alumni group on Facebook. Well, you got to come down there and speak, man. Um, I, You know what? To be quite honest, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I've never viewed myself as anybody that really had much to offer. Man, you got a mouth. That, that, yeah, but that. you have a mouth. <laughs> you're you're actually doing what a lot of them are interested in doing. You know, they uh earlier this year we were uh that they're getting funding to build a like a studio in the school. I did not know that. Yeah, just you know to find ways to keep young people interested, where they can get studio time if they get their grades right and and things. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think you'd be a good uh, alumni to come up and talk to him, man. Man, if you can arrange that, I absolutely will. Like that's I, point game. That's already done. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you one thing, man. If, if 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 student minister Troy calls you and asks you to do something, just say yes and shut up. <laughs> Praise I'm, I'm just saying because you know, like my 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 life and this podcast has changed significantly as a direct result of you and people I've met through you. Praise be to Allah. We're going to keep doing that. We got Slick Rick coming up, don't we? Yeah, February 10th. I'll be there. So we got to make that interview happen. I didn't get to see the uh, freeway interview. I want to watch that, man. I need I need a full one. You know who I really want to interview? Jalen Rose. Oh, that shouldn't be hard to do. He's here. Oh, man. It's been difficult for me. Um, I... I remember one time he was here. They were doing a segment of ESPN downtown Cleveland. I just happened to see him on TV. I get up off the couch immediately, drive down there, and I talked to him. And and first off, I took a picture with him. It looked so horrible, man. I never t- showed nobody that picture outside of my old lady. It right. looked like looked like my man was was walking me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I've tried, man. Um, and and Chris Weber, 
Now, Chris might be a bit harder, right? Yes. Jalen and, you know, even, you know, Jimmy King is a friend of mine. And, um, you know, Jimmy King, very accessible brother. And uh, Jalen is actually accessible. Um, most of those Detroit sports stars, that's a beautiful thing, man. You, you could run into them at any time. Uh, they've stayed in the community. They help in the community. The Jalen Roses, the uh, uh, Derek Comans, and guys like that. You know, Tommy Hearns. All of these greats, man. You could see any day, any place in the city of Detroit, man. So um, I can work on that. Uh, and maybe when you're down here for Savior's Day, uh, we can try to make a connection. Okay. You know. You know what? What I I didn't. I think most of Detroit. You know, with the Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, you know, when they weren't communicating, most of Detroit took J. Rose's side. Mm-hmm. I didn't see. I went to the uh, the African-American uh, Museum with my daughters one time and Chris Webber had an exhibit that he has of slave letters. OK. And that made me understand Chris Webber so much more. Right. It was like W.E.B. Du Bois and uh, what's the other guy that he was beefing with? Jeez, oh, I can't remember his name. But it was another prominent uh, uh, figure in the community. W.E.B. Du Bois was his issue was with Marcus Garvey. It was somebody else though, but Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington. And it remind that it made me appreciate uh, Chris Weber because he loves our people in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't appreciate it until I started reading those letters. Right. And what he has accumulated is invaluable. Praise be to Allah. And that, you know, those are, but they are, those are, you know, children from this area, man. And yes. that, that's what I was talking about earlier, how your experiences shape you, man. Yes. And come from cities, you know, cities like Cleveland or cities like Detroit or cities like, you know, like, in Harlem, New York, you can't grow up in a place like that, Chicago, and not be affected, you know, or, you know, you, you hanging out with your cousins, you're going over your aunt's house, you're playing with your friends in the neighborhood. <laughs> no if y'all have money or not, y'all just having fun, man, out playing football in the street, a baseball with a broomstick, a basketball in somebody's backyard. You love those people and you know they're good people. So when you see the narrative that's being presented about, you know, black people not being any good, or, you know, thieves and whatever it is, man. You know, that's not the truth. So you want to present better, man. Yeah. And those letters that you're talking about, very valuable, man. I went to uh, Virginia mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to go with Nat Turner. Uh, the rebellion took place. Mm-hmm. And I went there, man, and it changed my life, man. It it, it just I, I it's like I picked up some of the spirit because I was able to see number one, you couldn't find anything that said Nat Turner on it because the white people in that town would destroy anything that they would put up. Mm. Uh, so a sister had to put it on her private property. So she took me on a tour and showed me, man, and I learned I. I you could see how far they had to run from plantation to plantation, you know, for freedom. Mm. I walked through some of the woods that they walked through, which, you know, and I had on a suit, man, and the, the, the stuff was muddy, but it made me appreciate it even more. Then I found a place that was named after my, what's my slave name, which is Lumpkin. They had a place called the Lumpkin Jail. It was a slave uh, this guy had, he was known as the cruelest slave master in that area, man. And they found all these bodies uh, buried there in shallow ground. So they made it a, a historic site. Mm. You know? And it just made, it, it, it all changed my life seeing things like that. So what Chris had is, is the same thing. When you see it for yourself, man, yeah. it's, 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 it, it's life altering, you know. We went to where Emmett Till was murdered. You know, I 
taken to the river where he was pulled out, the exact place he was pulled out. Then I went to the garage that he was actually cut up in, you know. I saw the truck that they put his body in, man. And it's like, wow. Then you learn that it was maybe eight or nine other black people killed that same month in that area, mm. you know, for, for even having a thought against what happened to Emmett Till. And now if you're there, you, you learn and you see that the people there are super docile, possibly because their parents told them to be yeah. docile when it came to white people based upon what happened to Emmett. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You got to travel with us, man. We, we go on these fact-finding missions, man, and, man, it, it, it brings so much. You got to let me know, man. I'm ready. I'm going to let you know. Definitely. Definitely. I, I'm I need something. I need something. And I would really like to... Uh, I, my oldest granddaughter is in California. Okay. And, and her experience... Her and I are so much alike. But her experience... Like, her stepfather's a doctor. Mm. So her experience of what she's getting is is gonna be missing some things, mm. and I would like to make sure that it's not. Okay, that's your role. You got to fill in them blanks, brother. Well, I, you know, I'm, we we working on that, and we we talk about things, mm. um, but nothing beats the tangible, right. You know, so yeah, I would absolutely love to take take her, because um, it's not. I, I don't know if you got you got grandkids. Yeah, I got one, Amani. Man, she is uh, something special. I've never met her. So, uh, those grandchildren are something something different, man. I got six of them. There you go. So you know what I'm talking, man. But it's that 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 first one. Mm-hmm. That develops that you know because she's in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have a relationship relationship where we call, you know, she calls me and we just talk about whatever. That's a good uh, thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. I'm so appreciative of it. But it's 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 a responsibility on her part and mine. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, imagine those children who don't have that. Man. You know, and it affects their them their entire lives, man. She can call you now as she grows older, man, with questions. Yeah. And she knows that with you around, as long as you're around, she's protected. Yeah, absolutely. But imagine those who don't have that, which is many. You know, how do they act? Do they, are they the ones who end up on Instagram naked, you know? Because they didn't have anybody to care for them or show them a better way or make them feel secure enough where they wouldn't have to press themselves to that level. You know what I mean? So, like I said, it don't make them bad. We just have to understand that it's, it's a history that leads to our decisions, man. You know what? That's interesting. Me and my guy, Glasses. Glasses Malone. Glasses Malone. My guy. Um, and, and we've talking today. And I'm so I'm very hard on sexy red. I, I I have no tolerance for sexy red. I just don't see the nothing. I see nothing promising in this young lady at all. And he oh is, God, brother! And and my boy's telling me like, bro, you a hip? You know you wrong. How can you look at Tupac so favorably and look at her as the worst thing ever? And I must admit, like. I don't want to tell a guy he's right, but he 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 is right, man. And 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 you just kind of the the light went off when you said that. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely right, but I mean, greater than that, man. We got to see through, you know, the actions. You got to yeah. see beyond that. Yeah, you got to see into the person, man. You got to see beyond the fault to the need. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, Chili she, Pepper said that, that she's an industry plant. Right? She wasn't born that. No, she wasn't. Do you realize Osama bin Laden was a baby at one time? 
you know, he, he was a favorite son of America at one time right. too. But that's another story. I, well, I'm talking about as a baby. Yeah. When his mother had him. Yes. She didn't see what he ended up being. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that we're shaped in a certain way. Mm -hmm. We don't come out that way, but it says born in sin, right? Mm -hmm. So you come into a world, man, as a baby, you pure. You don't know, you know, any of this stuff that we pick up along the way. Yeah. And you got to look at it and see what did we pick up, man? Who was the uncle that was molesting? Mm-hmm. You know, who was uh, the person that took advantage of? Who was the abusive one? You know, all of these things shape us, man, to make these decisions. You know, who, you know, who offered the money for you to rap like this? Instead of offering the money for you to go to college. Yeah. You know, it's so it's 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 a lot of things, man, that we got to look at, man. And, you know, we got to love our brothers and our sisters who have talent and they just want to put their talent out to the world, man. And then they get off with this stuff, man. Or yeah. to think that the only way they'll be accepted is, you know, as a woman is, is, is if they take their clothes off, if they got to if they got to show more, you know. Or the guy, he to be accepted, he got to be gangster or super tough, man. Which in most cases, it's not the, 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 the reality. Yeah, they be lying. Some do, some don't. Yeah, most of them do. <laughs> but when you do, when, when you do, then you're kind of forced in situations where you got to back up what you said. Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, it's still crazy because it's entertainment. And you don't see, you know, Mick Jagger fighting the Beatles or, you know what I mean? You don't see Taylor Swift wrestling with uh, Kelly Clarkson. I mean, it's <laughs> we don't see, you know, but in our people, even the comedians, like I said, are, are beefing with each other. And they're supposed to be our entertainment, man. So uh, it's a mindset that we have that, you know, this is what the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad this is what the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is trying to combat, is trying to give us a knowledge of ourselves. Because once you know who you are and see who you are, you know, then you can see it in your brother or your sister. Yeah. But it's no way, man, you can pull a gun out and shoot a man that looks like you. It's no way you can rape a woman that looks like your mother or your sister and say that you love yourself. It's no way, man. So we have to be taught how to love ourselves and know and understand ourselves. And that's what, of course, Black History Month begins tomorrow. And that's one of the things that Carter G. Woodson had in mind when he started Negro History Week. So we can get a knowledge of ourselves. And that's, again, what the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is beginning with, the knowledge of ourselves, man, so we can know ourselves, make us love ourselves. Uh, and, and you know, uh, like I, I heard Minister Nuri say, you know, your brother is your other self. So we start seeing each other as that, man. So, you know, just like me and your relationship, man, if I have something going on, I always call you and say, I got this going on. Come on down, brother. You know what I mean? Thanks. Because I know what you do and how it can help you in your that's our I don't know what what just happened, um, but you, you start breaking up a lot there. So I do apologize when you listen back and you, you can't hear that part. It was not me. Um, although I will say that uh, from my experience, the greater the teaching, the 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 the, the bigger the in, the uh, internet hassles become. Well, we're not gonna let the internet hassle us. <laughs> um, if people do want to get well, those people out there that do want to get tickets to Savior's Day, how they do go about doing that? Well, if they're listening to this, I'll give you. Uh, you can go to noi.org, uh, noi.org, and you can order tickets online. 
If you're in the Detroit area, you can come to Muhammad's Mosque Number One, uh, one nine six one nine one six zero Evergreen, Detroit. Purchase tickets or uh, take my number three one three four five nine one nine zero nine. That's three one three four five nine one nine zero nine. Hit me up and I'll direct you to wherever you can get to this great event. Um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, February the 25th at the hunting place in Detroit, Michigan. His title is What Does Allah and the Great Mahdi and the Great Messiah Have to Say About the War in the Middle East? Um, so it's going to be a phenomenal lecture considering all that's going on in the world right now and what we're seeing in the world right now. And even as black people, we consider what we're seeing happen across seas, man. We got to understand that can take place here. And as long as no one says anything about it, man, they, 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 they take that as a past. So we got to stand up, man, and we got to always stand in the area of justice, uh, which is a, a, a blessed opportunity for us, man, uh, to, to, to start changing not just the city or a block, or, you know, but to change the world. Absolutely. And uh, my guy from Black Gun Owners Magazine, um, if you can get to the city, I, I'll get you in personally, bro. Um, mm -hmm. That is that is another thing for me is, is, is Black Gun Owners. I have always, since I started the show, been a proponent of Black legal gun ownership. Um, and I make sure that I, I have a representative from the black gun owner community on the show um, on a regular basis. So my and he is tapped into everyone. So, bruh, I will say it again. From black gun owners magazine and people out there, please subscribe to him on Instagram. Um, but if you can get there, bruh, you, you will get in. I definitely believe that. We'll make sure it gets in because, of course, we want the black gun owners to have a black mindset, brother. Because Absolutely. we want to own guns that we're going to use to kill one another. So Absolutely. It's right type of mindset. Uh, so definitely have him come and, and all of them who come uh, who would come with him. I'll make sure as long as you let me know, man, we make sure they get in the building. Um, Yo, man, you already know, man. Huh? Um, I, I can't thank you enough, man. Um, I truly, truly, truly appreciate you for coming through. Um, and, and all you got to do is say the word, bro. You let me know and, and I'm on it, whatever it is you need. Yes, sir. I'm honored, like I said, to be on the show, man. We've, we've established a relationship, a friendship, a brotherhood. And I'm with you 100%, man. And we're going to keep this thing going and show people how brothers are supposed to act and treat one another so i love you man I, I thank you for giving me this time i appreciate it and i again invite everybody to hear the message of the honorable minister louis farrakhan february 25th in detroit michigan at the huntington center you can buy tickets at noi.org if you're in detroit call brother troy muhammad up or come on down to muhammad's mosque number one and i thank you brother i love you i appreciate going to continue to support this uh outlet for creativity and inspiration and insight love you too bro uh, you have a good one man peace I'll, out i'll holler at you man no uh, doubt okay it is always an honor and a privilege to have the student minister troy muhammad come on the platform um and i, I didn't told bro that you know when when when, when i die that's the guy I want speaking at my funeral. So it is publicly on record. So, you know, when when God calls me home, y'all call Troy Muhammad. Um, I can't, there's it, it, no way I can ever repay him for everything he's done for me. Um, so the few times, and he rarely asked me for anything. If he ever asked, I just do it. There is no questions asked. Um, I want to thank all of y'all for tuning in. Those of you that have tuned in before, I appreciate you for coming back. And those of you, if this is your first time, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share the show. Um, it is your talent that gets you on, but it's your story that makes you stand out. I am Jobs, and I'm your host of Intellectually Petty Radio. Uh, tomorrow, we got Crank Lucas coming on um, 
guy's been viral like every 20 minutes for the longest time. Um, Hip hop artist, engineer, engineer, producer, um, and we've got Nick Lavelle, our R&B sensation that is all over the planet. Um, If you're out there doing something, odds are uh, you've you've been on the show or or we got you scheduled to come on. Again, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all have a good one. Peace.